0: She introduced for us here this morning really what we're talking about. You'll notice in the beginning is at the beginning and what's at the end we have the resurrection. So I was trying to see how we could uh, kind of wrap up the day today and uh, I came up with this idea of the theme in the beginning Jesus rose from the grave. Now sometimes we think that's a little bit strange to think of it in that terms because there's a lot of things that happen in between. beginning and when jesus rose from the dead but as aaron has been teaching the kids it's all part of god's rescue plan that is an incredible part of god's plan and i want to start this morning with uh uh, a joke is that okay because the baseball season is upon us the uh, reds are one and one right they are 500 that's pretty good uh, and so, uh, spring, uh, or the first game of the year was uh, snowed in. No, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't snowed out, but there was snow that first day. But you know, the first ball, baseball game is mentioned in the Bible. You know that? You don't? In Genesis, it says, in the big inning. <laughs> in that story, didn't you know that Eve stole first? Adam stole second? And Cain struck out Abel. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a bad joke. Um, okay. Well, we know in the beginning, Genesis 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So now God created everything. We also know Jesus was there with him. John chapter 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning the Word was uh, with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. So, we know that when God created everything, Jesus was right there with him and they had to formulate a plan because uh, something was gonna go wrong. Uh, have you ever started a project and it just went wrong immediately? Uh, have, has anybody ever seen Help I Wreck My House? It's a show with uh, Jasmine in it. She's one of my favorite home and uh, garden TV uh, people. She's a She goes in and she helps people. Uh, so she had a new series this last year called Help I Wreck My House. And when she would go in, And she helped homeowners who had tried to remodel their homes, but they had completely messed it up. And so she goes in and she helps them fix the house that they have wrecked. Sometimes they have done things that are so dangerous that they had to stop whatever it was that they're doing, get the people out of the house because Hmm. they have made things so perilous in their own home. And she comes in and she saves the day. Now, if you knew that you had to have a Jasmine come in and fix any kind of project that you started, would you start a project like that? I mean, if you knew it was going to fail right off the bat and then you'd have to just kind of deal with it for years and try to work through it and eventually bring in someone else to fix all the problems, would you start a project like that? We know that God did. We know God was willing to create this world and he knew beforehand that it was going to fall apart. He knew beforehand that it was going to sin. And that's what his rescue plan is all about. We forget that before this world was created, he had to come up with a plan to save the people he created. Now the scripture is very clear about this. And 1 Peter talks about this very clearly. 1 Peter 13 where it says, He, that's Jesus, was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. He was chosen before. ...the creation of the world. Why? To be raised from the dead... ...so that your faith and hope... ...can be in God. In the beginning... ...Jesus rose from the dead. In the beginning... ...before the beginning... ...God had to go ahead... ...and make a plan... ...a rescue plan... ...because He knew... Adam and Eve were going to sin. And then for generation after generation... thousand after thousands of years... He tried to rescue his people by teaching them, by loving them, by showing them miracles, by doing one thing after another. But still, he had to send his son who died. And on that third day, he rose again. Now, we can be thankful for that because that means we can celebrate the resurrection. Before Peter says that Jesus was chosen, he says this in verse 1. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so you be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially... Live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were being from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. What are we supposed to do in God's rescue plan? Well, First of all, we need to be alert. There's a lot of things that are going on in the world today that can as we've been talking about, capture us, compromises, confuse us. And Jesus was sent so that we can believe in him, in his resurrection, and now we can look, look forward to his coming again. We are to be holy because God is holy. That means we are to be set apart for him. Now, all this year we've been talking about how we get safely home. Jesus died and he rose again so that as a part of God's rescue plan for us, all we have to do is believe in him, trust in him, be holy like him, and then we can look forward to when he comes and we go to live with him in heaven. But as we said, there's a lot of things that are challenging that for us, and we've been talking about these things all year long about how we get safely home to heaven. We only get safely home to heaven whenever we believe in Christ and we allow Jesus to rescue us and we're holy and we realize that this world is not our home. There's a lot There are a lot of folks these days, this is all they think there is. They think that all they see in this world is all they'll ever experience. But I'm thankful that Christ Jesus has taught us this world is not our home. We're really foreigners here. This is not our residence. Our residence is really in heaven. Do you know? You already have an address in heaven if you're a believer in Christ. The Bible says Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. And I like to tell folks whenever we're, uh, we're at funerals that uh, when we're standing at the graveside, I always like to point out that if Jesus, if, uh, if you're a Christian and Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you, it's going to be a spectacular place. You think about the thing you enjoy the most. And it's going to include all those things, only even better. It's kind of like the hospitality that Roxanne has shown us this morning by putting together this great breakfast. Again, thanks, Roxanne, Dwayne, and all your team. Let's give them a big round of applause. I know Roxanne doesn't like it, but I'm going to say thank you anyway. I appreciate that so very much. And she would tell you it's all the, it just comes together. It's all the team, and that is true. So we thank you for that. So there's a lot of folks who are very hospitable. But think about just how incredible Jesus is. And if he's preparing a place for you, and he wants you to get safely and holy, that place, it's going to be a spectacular place to go. It's got beautiful, it's whatever you think is, whatever you can imagine is the greatest thing that's what God has in store for you. But to get safely home, we have to be holy. We have to remind ourselves that we've got to be like Jesus and not fall in love with this world. And this world's doing everything it can to compromise us, to confuse us, to captivate us. And so this year we've been talking about how we can get safely home. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to consider our circumstance. And what Peter reminds us here is that our circumstance is this this world is here. We're living in the world. We can enjoy everything that's in this world, but this world is not our home. That we're just a passing through, as the Bible says. That's why he says, be holy. We must set ourselves apart to be holy as God is holy. Now, that just means God is determined. He has set apart. His whole purpose for existence is to love and have that eternal home for. And we just need to set our mind on that. And when we think about our circumstance here in this world, we just have to say, this world's got our home. We're just passing through. The other thing is we have to consider our situation in this circumstance, our place in time. You think about all these folks that are here, like, for instance, when you think about the, the circumstance, you think about uh, Josh or Joseph up here. You remember what happened with Joseph with his brothers? Joseph was sold into slavery. And then he became second to Pharaoh only. And then uh, Joseph, his brothers came. And Joseph had to feed his family. And then he revealed himself to his family. You remember that story? See, Joseph, he set himself apart because his circumstance was not the best. I mean, he was in prison a long time. But he trusted that God had a reason for him. That he was set apart for that. Just like we can situate ourselves like Esther did. Where's Esther? There's Esther down there. What did Esther say? For such a time as this, God had put her in that place in that time, but she had to position herself, go before the king, risk her own life to be set apart for what God needed her to do in that particular time. Then we have to consider the point of reference. And again, this world is not our home. The point of reference, like, for instance, Ruth. Where's Ruth at? Ruth, she wasn't even a Jew. She wasn't an Israelite. But she somehow, with the help of her, uh, her mother, realized how important it was to follow that story, that plan. And then she became part of the royal line. Her grandson would become King David. And so she realized that the point of reference for her life was it wasn't her being a mole like, it was her being a child of God, for her being and using God's plan. And a lot of times we think, well, we, we're saved, we're Americans, we got all this stuff. Well, our real point of reference shouldn't be just about our place in time. It should be a part of God's plan and whatever role we play in that plan. That's why we have to be holy and, and remember this world's not ours. Then we have to have the right kind of point of view. Where's Isaiah? Isaiah is down here. Even though Israel became extinct, Isaiah, he prophesied in the northern kingdom. and the northern kingdom, the folks there, they didn't listen to him at all. And as a result, they were taken and absorbed into the kingdom of Assyria and scattered everywhere. And then... Uh, Part of that then, as we've been studying in Jeremiah, as Jeremiah preached to the southern kingdom, that's when Israel became extinct for for all intents and purposes. Those folks were all set apart by God. Isaiah, Jeremiah, the other prophets, they tried to help people see God's point of view. And we need to help people see God's point of view as well. Because there are a lot of folks that you know, people that you work with, people in your family, People that are in your neighborhood, folks that you know, they have no idea what's going on with God's rescue. They're just kind of, you know, just going through life. What's that over there? Let's go look at that. And then what's that over there? Let's go look at that. And they have no idea that there's a grand plan. That we are set apart. That we are holy because God is holy. Do you realize that you have been called to this holy calling this holy work to let people know about God's rescue plan so that they too can enjoy the promise of eternity in heaven. And it all started in the beginning, before the beginning, when Jesus was called by his heavenly Father before the creation of the world to become the sacrifice that would be raised so that we could have faith and hope in our God. Now, a lot of people, you know, we think Easter's not a big deal, nothing fancy about it. You know, we get together, we do some fun things. But for us as believers, it has such significant meaning because it reminds us that Jesus rose from from the grave. And because he rose, the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that gives life to our mortal bodies every day. And when you wake up in the morning and you're feeling a little bit ugh, or whatever you remember that the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the the dead gives life to your mortal body. He gives you the strength. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you the the understanding so that you can overcome. Second Peter chapter three verse seventeen says this: Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of Wallace of the lawless, and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. You see, we are forewarned. This is the same word that's used for God, Jesus being uh, forechosen, for that that uh, prognosis, we are forewarned. God tells us in advance what's going on. You have been made aware that there are going to be evil people, lawless people, who are going to try to carry you away from your secure position, your rescue position in Christ Jesus. But don't let them always be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Always be give glory to Him both now and now and forever. And then when Jesus Christ returns, we'll be so excited about that. We'll go and live in that beautiful mansion, that beautiful place that God prepared just for us, because we've accepted and we live in His rescue plan. Now, as I mentioned, we've been talking about this Safely Home series all year. And our goal is just to get our family safely home to heaven. I had a funeral the other day and it reminded me of uh, how many funerals I've done in forty years of ministry, and one of the things that I'm thankful for, if it's not always true about the family, is ninety-nine percent of the time, those loved ones want to believe in heaven. you know why? Because they can't bear to think about where their loved one would be if they didn't. Now. If we're going to believe that there's a heaven, and we want everyone that we love, especially those who pass from this world, to be in heaven, why not just live that way now? And as I, when I said, 99% of the time people believe that there's a heaven, but it's not that high of a percent of those who lived in such a way that they probably are in heaven. Now... It's not my job to point that out uh, at the funeral or at the grave site for the family. I always have to try to get hope. I always have to try it because God says only He knows what's in the heart. So I have to trust God with that as well. But safely home? I want all of my grandkids and all of my family to be safely home. I want all of you and all of your friends, neighbors, family, I want them safely home. But we have to be part of God's rescue plan, which accepts Jesus as our Savior, as a resurrected King, and our living holy, like Him. Can you do that, you think? Yes. I am so glad that you have been here today, and it's been a great resurrection morning here. Uh, as I said, there are two few bags that are left over here. If anybody would like to uh, take one home, first come, for first serve, And don't uh, break a hip trying to get one if you, uh, if you need one or would like one. I want to thank uh, Aaron again for uh, getting things ready here with uh, the wonderful posters that are up here. It's a miracle that they stuck to the wall because we can rarely find anything to make these things stick. I want to thank, uh, again, Roxanne, Dwayne, and all the team that helped with the breakfast. And Alan. For our send uh, of our communion here today. Uh, if you want to help, uh, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, be around. There's still some food back here if you would like to eat. It, we're off on our third time, so just go back there and Beth will Click them off as fast as you can. But as we conclude here, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we're so grateful for today and we ask your blessing to be upon us. As we go from this place and we celebrate the remainder of this day, this Resurrection Sunday. We are so thankful for your son, that he rose from the dead, that before the creation of this world, you chose him for that. Knowing that we were going to be miserable failures, you still established a rescue plan, which was fulfilled in the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, so that we can live holy lives like you. And see that this world is not our home, that you have a better place for us beyond this one made specifically and particularly for us. We thank you for that, and we praise you for that. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for us being a church family. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to direct our hearts as we all seek to get saved in home. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Let all God's people say it. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.